Well, if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and turn to Matthew uh, chapter 3. We're going we're gonna to move backwards a little bit from where we've been in the book of Matthew. Uh, but as we began to put the service together and we got a few more people that uh, were interested in baptism, and uh, we want to make sure that we leave plenty of time for that. And so uh, I switched messages. Just the one that I was planning is, um, is not a quick message, so we needed to cut a little bit out today. I thought it would be a good time just to go back and kind of take a refresher course on what baptism is and what baptism means. And I think for most of us, we learn fairly early on uh, what baptism is, what it looks like. Uh, most of us, if we've grown up in the church, we, uh, we've had the privilege of seeing people be baptized. And so I just want to give you a little bit of an idea of why baptism is important, why we do it here at Community Bible Church, how we do it, um, and kind of the, the purpose behind it. So we're going to start with Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 through 17. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one that needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened. And this is a very significant verse and a very significant part of uh, the Gospel of Matthew as well. Because in this church, we believe that the Bible teaches uh, the Trinity. We believe that God exists as three distinct persons within one. And in this passage here, you get a look at each member of that Trinity. This is, this is where a lot of that doctrine of the Trinity is pulled from here at the end of chapter 3. Jesus came up out of the water. The heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. So you have one member of the Godhead. And a voice from heaven saying, this is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. And so you see there very clearly, you see the Father, the Son, and the Spirit within the context of this passage. But it's also a very important passage because it sets for us the precedence of baptism. It sets for us the example. It shows us that baptism is not something uh, that was just part of, of Jewish ritual that was for then. It's not to be a part of what we do now. In fact, later, as Jesus gives what's known as the Great Commission in Matthew 28, he tells us we're to go into the world, we're to preach the gospel, we're to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so as we get started at looking at what this, uh, what this idea of baptism is, I want to start with what it's not. Because I want to be very clear on what it's not. Baptism is not salvation. Nor is baptism a necessary part of salvation. Now we're going to talk a little bit later on of the fact that yes, it's for all Christians. Yes, it's a part of being obedient. Yes, it's commanded by God. But some Christians can make the mistake, and there's some churches that teach this, and there's some uh, denominations that teach this, where it's, you have to do this plus baptism to be saved. Almost as if baptism is what actually activates or validates your salvation. And I want you to understand that that is absolutely, unequivocally false. And that is absolutely not the gospel. That is absolutely not the good news. When my kids were little, we used to have those, I don't even know what they were called, but you, you'd buy these little tiny, like, rubbery things. And they, they were worthless. They did nothing until you put them in water. 
And once you put them in water, then all of a sudden they would grow and all these cool things would happen. All right? There's some people I think that that's the picture they have of baptism. Once I get baptized, then kind of my Christian life starts. Then my salvation actually takes hold. But the bottom line is salvation is by faith in Jesus Christ alone. And when you add anything to that, that makes it anti-biblical. When it's, well, it's faith plus this. Well, it's faith and this. Well, it's faith and I have to do this. Any of that is not the gospel. Salvation is through faith. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 explains it very clearly. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Salvation is through faith alone. That's a formula that is never going to change. I was helping my uh, third grade daughter with some of her math towards the end of the school year. Apparently, I'm an idiot. I never thought I was an idiot until I tried to do third grade math. They have changed all the formulas. They've changed the way you do it. I can get the answers right. But if I have to show my work, I'm going to fail third grade math. There's no way around it. When it comes to salvation, the formula never changes. When it comes to salvation, it's never going to be, okay, this is the new way to do salvation. It is always going to be about faith. And so again, baptism is significant. We're going to see that here. But I want you to understand, baptism does not save you. Faith in Jesus Christ, acknowledging him as your Savior, Confessing, believing in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that's what saves you. So let's look now at what baptism is. The Bible teaches that we need to be baptized. All right, most of us know that, we get that. But some of us, I think, can't answer that question. Well, then what is it? Well, what is baptism actually for? What does it mean? What are, we, what are we looking at? What are we going to be watching here in just a little bit? Baptism, if you boil it down, is really about two things. And the first is that it's a public declaration. Baptism is a public declaration of your allegiance to Jesus Christ. Baptism is a public declaration of what God has done for you, of your new life, of your relationship. When I was married almost 23 years ago now as a, as a skinny, awkward-looking 20-year-old kid to my gorgeous wife who looks exactly like she did then, now, I don't know how that's happened, but somehow I've gotten older and she has managed not to. I stood before our family and friends, and I made a promise to my wife. I made a vow to my wife. I was pledging my allegiance to her, declaring my allegiance to her. What I was doing was committing to a new way of life together. The marriage ceremony is a declaration of allegiance between a man and and a woman. It's the same with baptism in, in this. It's a ceremony where we are declaring our allegiance to one. We're standing before family, we're standing before friends, and we're vowing to follow God. We're vowing to love Him. We're vowing to keep His commands. It is a commitment to a new way of life. And so that's a part of what you're seeing today. I can remember when I got baptized, I think I was around 11 years old. At 11 years old, my testimony was certainly not eloquent. My testimony was not really all that amazing or special. God didn't save me from a horrible life of crime or anything like that at the age of 11. 
But I can remember very simply saying, I wanted to be baptized because I wanted my church family to know that I want to follow Jesus. I wanted the church, the body that I was part of, even as a little kid, to know that I was God's child. And so that's a big part of it. You're declaring allegiance before your family and friends, before your church family, and saying, this is who I am, and this is what God's done for me. And so baptism is, it is a private thing to a degree. It is a decision that you make between you and God, and, and when the Spirit moves in your life. But it is meant to be a very public thing as well. It's meant to be a declaration. The other thing that baptism is, is it's a symbol of the spiritual reality. Again, we already said, there's not a saving work that happens with the waters of baptism. But what it is, is a beautiful reminder of what did save us. A beautiful reminder of the work that Christ did, a beautiful reminder of the work that God has already done uh, on the inside of us. And so it's a symbol of a spiritual reality. It's that outer symbol of the inner that's taking place, the reality. The first thing that it symbolizes is a union with Christ. Uh, we talked about that already, just a little bit, where you're standing up and you're publicly declaring that this is your union with Jesus. But it's also symbolic of being joined together with Christ, of being in a union with Christ. When we're baptized, we're identifying ourselves with what he accomplished on our behalf. And we're united with Christ in these ways. Paul lays it out for us in the book of Romans, chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Paul writes, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And so in Paul's writing here, you see three very important ways that we are identifying with what Christ accomplished for us by following through in baptism and by the symbolism of baptism. And as we go through this too, you'll see that this is the reason that we also baptize by immersion. All right. Now, we don't get caught up in that. All right? We don't, well, if it wasn't immersion, it doesn't count. Because at the end of the day, it's the heart. And again, it's between you and the Father. And, and you're going to see today that there are some special circumstances where immersion just really isn't possible. But we believe that the biblical model and the symbolism, what Paul talks about here, identifying with the death, the burial, and the resurrection, that is best visualized, that's best accomplished, by immersion. We also believe if you read through the New Testament, that's the, um, that's the mode that was practiced in the New Testament as well. But the first thing that, that we show our union, the first thing that we're united with Christ is in his death. Baptism symbolizes death to that old way of life. It symbolizes death to that sin nature. And again, we're, we're being unified with Christ in that death that he died on the cross. And then for that moment that we're under the water, that signifies the burial of Christ. Just those being baptized. We don't hold you under for three days, just so you know. It's, it's a much quicker process, all right? But it's, a, it's symbolizing that time that Jesus spent in the tomb where he was winning for us our salvation. He was winning for us uh, forgiveness of sins. 
And so we're, we're identifying with him in his burial. And then we're identifying with him in the most important part, in the most amazing part, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave. When we're brought back up from the waters of baptism, we're symbolizing our union with Jesus Christ through his resurrection from the dead. And so it's a very meaningful symbolism. It's a very beautiful symbolism. We're declaring that we're no longer a slave to sin. We're no longer a slave to shame. We're no longer a slave to that sin nature. We have been adopted into the family of God. We're a child of the king. We're righteous and holy and clean. That's all that this symbolizes for us. And so the first thing it symbolizes is that union with Christ. But it also symbolizes the cleansing of sin. It symbolizes the death, resurrection, or death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, but it's also very symbolic of what was accomplished for us on the cross through the cleansing of sin. And again, I want to be clear here. This is not something where there is forgiveness and cleansing found within baptism. It is simply symbolic of what Jesus has already done. The ones you see baptized today, they're not being cleaned in that water. In fact, I'm pretty sure the last one to go is going to be dirtier than when they got in. Just, that's Olivia. That's my own. You're not being cleansed by these waters, but you're showing people this is the reality of what Jesus has already done for me. Jesus has already washed me clean. The simple act of going into and out of the water, again, is symbolic of that inner reality, being cleansed by our, of our sins by the forgiveness that comes through faith in Christ. And Isaiah 118 tells us what has already taken place on the inside of each of these people that you're going to see today. He says, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. They don't make any soap, any detergent, anything that's strong enough to take away the stain of sin on our lives. That only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That only comes uh, through that sacrifice that Christ made for us. And so baptism doesn't do the washing, but it is a beautiful symbol of that cleansing. It's a beautiful symbol of that removal of the stain of sin from our lives. So who should be baptized? The biblical answer to this question is every believer. Every believer who can understand and decide to follow God's call in their lives are also called and commanded to be baptized into his family. And I people ask me all the time, well, okay, well, my, my, my son or my daughter came to faith in Christ at five. When can they be baptized? Look, the bottom line is that's, that's a parent. Thing, not a not a pastor thing, all right? You you know your children, and really, it's when it's when they're mature enough. It's when they can understand. And with each of our kids, we we usually kind of wait until they come to us and say, you know what? I you know my teacher taught about this or talked about this, and I'd like to be baptized. I'd like to take that step. And a lot of times with younger kids, I'll sit with them and I'll ask them a couple of questions. And usually, it becomes very very clear if they're ready to be baptized or not. Um, I've only had one kid where I said to the parents, you know what, maybe we need to wait just a little while. And that was one where I asked him why he wanted to be baptized, and the answer was because he wanted to wear his swimsuit and jump in a pool at church. Probably not ready. Um, he was 27. 
<laughs> but baptism, you don't see an age restriction in the Bible. You see a faith restriction, that's all. Once someone has repented, once someone has come to faith in Jesus Christ, then the biblical mandate, the biblical command is to be baptized. And so who should be baptized? Every believer, everyone who's given their life to Jesus Christ ought to be baptized. And I think for the Christian church today, I think we've lost some of the urgency of <laughs> baptism. I think for the Christian church today, there's a lot of people that are like, okay, well, I took the important step, which is true, the step of salvation, right? Well, we'll you know, maybe we'll get to the baptism thing someday. Maybe at some point we'll come around and I'll decide. And, and we can come up with every kind of excuse imaginable. Well, I don't like my testimony, so I don't want to share it with people. And that's a whole other sermon for a whole other day. I don't want to be up front. I don't like people looking at me. I don't, we can come up with a million excuses why we shouldn't be baptized. But the reality is, as you walk through the New Testament, you see it over and over and over and over again. Conversion, repentance, bowing the knee to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is almost always followed immediately by that step of baptism. Almost immediately, that person is willing to stand up and say, hey, this is me. This is the new me. This is what God has just done for me. Again, one of, the, one of the stories that you'll hear today is a gentleman who just prayed to receive Christ a little bit earlier this week. And it was one of those, hey, okay, I did that. Now, well, you, you're doing baptism Sunday, right? Let's, let's do it. All right? So again, it doesn't lessen. If you've waited 10 years, it doesn't make your baptism less significant. It doesn't make it less of a, of a beautiful thing or less symbolic or anything like that. Uh, but again... I do believe the teaching of Scripture is that baptism is to follow that conversion experience and that baptism is the call on each and every Christian. And I want to close with this, just to look at why. We've talked about a lot of different things, and we've already hit on some of these answers, but why should we be baptized? Why is this important? If, if, if you already understand that it has nothing to do with salvation, if you've given your heart and your life to Jesus Christ and something were to happen to you this afternoon you haven't been baptized, your eternity is still secure. You are still guaranteed by the Holy Spirit in your life that when you go from this life, you are going to spend eternity with Jesus Christ uh, in heaven. So why? What's the point? I think there's two very simple answers to that. When my daughter was little, Catherine, uh, who just graduated from high school and uh, has... Aaron and I feeling old. She may not look old, but I know watching Kate graduate made her feel old. We also looked at each other and then looked at William and thought, that's class of 2031. We got a long way to go. But I remember talking to her when she was little and talking about the idea of baptism and talking to her about uh, some of her friends that were being baptized. And she mentioned, you know, they were going to get in the big tub at church. I said, well, Kate, why do you think people should be baptized? Or why would you want to be baptized? And she looked right at me, and she gave me probably the best answer that I've ever heard. She said, because God said we should. And really, that's, with so much of what we talk about, with so much of what gets preached from this pulpit, that's the bottom line answer. You know, as parents, we tend to slip into that because I said so. God's the only one that really, I mean, God has that kind of authority where if he says it, there shouldn't be a question in our mind. 
The bottom line is, and Kate as a young girl could understand this, why baptism? Because God said so. Because God commands it. Because it's God's idea and it's God's plan. Baptism is actually one of the more straightforward commands that you find in Scripture. As you go through the book of Acts especially, and you see the early church begin to grow, and you see God begin to just pour out his blessing on the early church, and you see thousands and thousands coming to faith in Jesus Christ. You see baptism follow. Peter in Acts chapter 2 had just wrapped up really the first sermon at Pentecost where he has laid out very clearly the gospel. He has laid out that this man that was just crucified, that was just dead and buried, who had risen from the dead and appeared to hundreds. He laid out that it was through faith alone in this man that salvation came. And then he says this at the end of Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And they did. Again, you see it all throughout the New Testament. They followed that command, that call in the life of every believer. And then finally, why we should be baptized? The second part is what we started the sermon with. It's the example of Christ. Why should we be baptized? Because God commands it. And Jesus modeled it. If ever there were someone that didn't need to follow through with baptism, and we read it this morning, John argues with him. Jesus comes down to be baptized. John knows this is the Messiah. And John says, no, 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 it should be the other way around. You should be baptizing me. But Jesus says, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. Jesus was baptized to show us what we need to do. Not because he needed it. Not because there was any forgiveness or any cleansing that needed to take part in his life, but just simply as a model for us. And we're told throughout the New Testament that as Christians, we are called to follow the example of Christ. We are called in our lives to look more and more like Jesus each and every day. And baptism is a part of that. Baptism is following his example, looking more like him, and his example includes baptism. And so what you'll see today as we move into uh, this time of baptism, what you'll see today is beautiful. What you'll see today ought to be celebrated. People ought to be excited about what you see today. And so here's the rules. If you want to clap, when someone comes up out of the water, clap. If you want to give a little woo-hoo when someone comes up out of the water, you give a little woo-hoo. This ought to be exciting for us. For all of these people today, this is a significant step in their own personal spiritual journey. And it's also something that they are choosing to share with you. They're choosing to share with their church family. And again, just like when I stood up and made all sorts of promises to my wife on our wedding day, by having friends and family there, I was inviting them to hold me accountable. That's this too. You are the church family. There's an invitation in your lives to help these people grow, to help them continue on the path that God has for them, and to help them with accountability. And so those that are being baptized, if you want to go ahead and head uh, into the back room there, and you can begin to get ready. Would you guys pray with me?
Lord, we are excited about what we're about to see. We're excited about each and every one of these stories, each and every one of these simple testimonies of men and women that love you. Men and women whose lives have been changed by you. And men and women that want to be obedient to what you're calling them to do and who you're calling them to be. So Lord, thank you that this is the way you set it up. Thank you that we can celebrate together as the body of Christ with this very important and very significant time in the lives of each involved. 